take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Have you ever met a self-specialist before? Well, you're about to. You've often heard me affirm that we're living in a new age now, and one in which job titles, like that of my next guest, will be reoriented to reflect the priorities of the Aquarian paradigm. This is an age of rapid acceleration in both physical technologies and spiritual development. Our transition to the vibrational field of the fifth dimension will mean more and more people are letting go of negativity and the denser emotions like shame, guilt, fear, anger, and depression. This is the beginning of large numbers of people focused on being rather than doing, on rediscovering their true identity as source energy beings, aligning with their higher purpose, and developing their higher octave of spiritual gifts to contribute to the ascension of consciousness. I'm blessed to know a number of amazing lightworkers who support people in this transition, and Rachel Astarte is one of them. We were connected by a mutual friend, high-tech nomad wild woman Molly Mandelberg, whom some of you will remember from the gray space, and we instantly clicked. I found out she'd also been an actor in a previous chapter of this incarnation, and she's also a kundalini yogi. I mean, we did not know that when we were introduced. It was pure joy to be looking in the mirror at this beautiful soul, and I know that you're going to receive so much from the wisdom she has to impart. Rachel is a holistic psychotherapist, author, educator, and podcaster. She's the author of Celebrating Solitude, How to Discover and Honor Your Highest Self. She also hosts the podcast Self Talk with Rachel Astarte, which helps listeners develop a healthy sense of self and is available wherever podcasts are streamed. As a self-specialist, Rachel's fully virtual practice is dedicated to the vision of unity through individuality. The stronger our foundation of self, the better we can contribute to the world around us. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Grace Space. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, I'm so happy to be here, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> we had a conversation a few weeks ago that uh, was on fire and... I, I couldn't wait to uh, to speak with you again and to introduce you to the people who listen to the Grace Space. Um, everybody, Rachel is, as I said in the introduction, uh, a holistic psychotherapist and author, and I love this, a self-specialist. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very captivated by that. Tell us what a self-specialist is for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Um... Basically, it's been a, a lifelong journey of helping people to find 
their highest self. And so I've dedicated my life to helping people step into their power, to step into their truth so that they can, and this is very important, the, the second part of this, so that they can step out into the world and shine their light. So um, there's a lot of backlash right now, especially on Instagram, I've noticed, where people are saying, oh, it's not about the self. It's not about the self. It's about connection. It's about, yes, of course it is. But we, we have to really know who we are and celebrate who we are before we can genuinely connect to other people. So as a self-specialist, I help people develop a foundation of self that allows them to negotiate whatever life throws at them in a, in a joyful, compassionate, loving way. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I really love this as a jumping off point to connecting with the higher dimensions of our self, right? Because the self is, you know, we can talk about the self with the small S or the self with the capital S, you know, right. and I, and I imagine that the work that you do leads people from the small uh, self to the, the greater self as they uh, progress in their, in their journey with you. Would that be an accurate assessment? A very accurate assessment. <laughs> very, very correct. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we talk about the small S self and the capital S self, you know, the small S self is also beautiful and valid. Um, it's the part of us that just is trying to get along in the world. Um, it's the part of us that, that receives the input from the world and maybe perhaps causes us to suffer. We all suffer. Um, you know, but the capital S self is the self that's grounded, that's very much rooted in self, but that self is connected to everything else around us. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, we tap into the divine nature of our being and, mm -hmm. um, and how we recognize that we are a child of light, all of us, you know, that we all have connected um, to, we are, are, are children of the divine and therefore it's our prayer of thanks for our for our our being on this earth to to do what we're here to do um and and even you know and and make our way through the suffering with with grace mm. oh that's a beautiful way of putting it and you know i love um what I'm hearing here, and, and I'm having images uh, flashing through my mind of the experiences I've had in my own journeys and consciousness of the awareness of this small self who's sort of, you know, um, uh, functioning as a ground crew of sorts <laughs> for, uh, for a, uh, a much larger or maybe multi multi-dimensional self mm. um, that, um and, and what I love I, about what you said about the small self and the, and the capital S self um, is how much compassion there is in that for the small self and everything that, you know, and it's inherent limitations that are just part of, you know, living on living in this dimension, but right. how, how noble it is at the same time, because it is the, um, the physical vehicle for something that is infinite, you know, in, in Kundalini yoga, we talked about this and we'll talk about it more, but in Kundalini yoga, that's the, uh, <laughs> the essence of Satnam, right? The, the mantra yes. Satnam is the infinite inside the finite, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. Yes. I bow to the, to the universal truth within myself. Yeah. Yes. 
Ah, oh, so beautiful. Now, um, you talk about individuality as a path to unity. And I love that. That's part of this paradox of the small self and the infinite self. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that from you. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's I, I touched on it a bit at the beginning, but let's let's elaborate a little bit. So when we talk about individuality, uh, we're talking about tapping into our unique presence. Each one of us is beautifully unique. We're here for a purpose. And that purpose is to reflect collective consciousness in the best possible way that we can. That's why we're here, you know. Um, we're here to, to sort of return back to collective consciousness that which we've experienced and, and make the grand awareness so much better. So when we truly develop ourselves, our, the beauty of ourselves, what we are passionate about, what we love, um, the skill sets that we have, and I don't necessarily mean money-making skill sets. I mean, it could be the way that you love your child or your animal or your grandmother, or you know, planting a garden that gives oxygen to the to the world whatever it is that we're here to do that that really makes us feel like we're we're on fire uh with why we're here that's what i'm talking about with individuality and it's also about redefining the roles that have been placed on all of us mm. right and we have we all have these roles you know woman man mother father daughter friend uh colleague whatever it is um, so when we look at these roles and say, how do I want to be a sister? How do I want to be a friend? How does that feel in alignment with who I am rather than what other people expect me to be mm. as a mother or as a wife or as a partner or whatever? So when we really figure out who we are as individuals and we celebrate who we are without shame, um, and using compassion for the fact that everybody else is having their experience as well, that, that's where the unity comes in. Because when we're shining our light in the world, we are automatically dropping into that ocean of collective consciousness by being exactly who we're supposed to be. That's why we're here. So when more of us are doing that, what we're actually doing is creating that beautiful tapestry of, mm. of consciousness with all of its colors and all of its textures, um, the way it's meant to be, you know, for us to all function as human beings. Yeah. And I, I think you're, you know, um, sometimes when people, uh, you know, you were saying on Instagram that there's sometimes there's like a backlash about the self, right? There's, there's a confusion, confusing that with the ego and some kind of glorification of the ego. Whereas what we're really talking about is a higher octave of gift, you know, if you will, like our, our spiritual gifts, everybody has talents in the world and those talents have a higher octave as well, you know, in the, in the spiritual dimensions. And I, I would love to, to talk about, make a connection between expressing those gifts and talents in a way that feels most natural, right? Um, with our capacity to 
to, um, in being true to ourselves and being authentic and expressing the gifts that God has, has gifted us with that we find ourselves supported. Right. So these aren't necessarily things like you said that, you know, are, are about making money. Right. But, and yet somehow when we find our place in, in this world, being authentically who we are, that we're always sustained and uh, provided for. Is it, has this been, has this been true in your experience with your clients? Yeah. With my clients, with my friends, with my family, um, watching people step into their true selves. Um, some people are born with that capacity to say, screw you to society and just do what they want to <laughs> do. That's beautiful. You know, um, but some people also, myself included, really needed to do work around that, really needed to be able to say, no, it's okay for me to maybe buck uh, trend a little bit and, and step out into my true self, which is, which is why I, I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but that's a perfect example of it, right? So, um, you know, you and I talked before, I started out in the arts. I started out as a writer and an actor thinking that was what I was called to do. And it was at that time. And I'm still a writer and I still do voiceovers. And so that's my performance piece that needs to, you know, needs to be uh, exercised and walked around the block, you know, so (laughs) I get to do that. Um, But, but once I realized my real calling was to help other people find themselves uh, in a, in a way that, that is joyful for them, um, yes, then things kind of begin to fall into place. Why? Because you're not putting blocks in your own way, yeah. you know? So, and that comes into so, in so many forms. Yeah. yeah well, that, I, that really resonates with me. I think uh, you and I have a lot in common that way. You know, I also had to learn how to um, not be the, the one that I thought people expected to, you know, me to be not, not that anybody forcibly put that on me, but you make assumptions, you know, it's part oh, of yeah. your conditioning. Right. And anyone who's been to a cattle call knows what that feels. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cattle call audition for those of you. I, I know that there are a lot of artists listen, listen to this podcast, but for those of you who might not know cattle call is what we used to, or still call a very uh, large gathering uh, for an audition, lots and lots of people who are being seen for the same thing. And you feel <laughs> You feel like, you know, you're a cow among cows or a sheep among sheep. <laughs> you, you know, like you walk in and you just walk right out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, I've not done that, except I have, I was called to an audition that I really had no business being in, but, but yeah, you're looking around going like, what do they want? Who's going to get picked? There's one role. There are a hundred people sitting here. What did they want from me? That right. practice of the, and we do it in so many areas of our life, not just in, in large auditions, but I use that as an analogy, you know, when oh, in the dating arena, right? You know, it's like if people are looking for their true love. What did they want from me? What do yes. I have to be for them to accept me? Right. Yes, completely. And, and so it's, it's what true. What do I want? You know. Yeah, yeah. Like just making yourself up into the image of whatever you think is expected of you in the moment. I used to totally do that. It's like a chameleon. You know, who do oh, I need absolutely. to be in yeah. this moment to be accepted, loved, approved of? You know, to survive, really. Yeah. And I, and I want to bring it back to this this dichotomy that seems to exist still. Certainly, it was a dichotomy that existed in my own life about you know. Um, 
being who you are, being true to yourself, being authentic, first of all, being able to, to get in touch with that in the first place, right. uh, starting to have a sense of it, uh, uh, having the courage to step into it and then trusting that you're going to be okay if you uh, allow that to, to flower in you. Okay on every level, okay in your life, with your, with your family, with your loved ones, whatever happens, mm-hmm. and also okay that you will be taken care of. Because I know in my, in, in my practice, with the clients that I work with, a lot of people are afraid that they somehow have to compromise um, in order to survive, right? In order to, yeah, well, I would really love to, but I have to have this job, you know, because it pays the bills and it helps me to survive. I can't really step out and be fully who I am. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And and I, I deal with that with my patients too. So one of the questions, particularly when it comes to that, oh, I'd love to be this, but I have to pay the bills. And so I have to stay in this crappy job. So what I I say is you never stop being who you are. You never stop being who you are. So you're in a crappy job. Bring your beautiful, wonderful self to your crappy job and see how it changes. (laughs) You know, it's not, you don't have to stop. And, And if at some point the lesson of that job has run its course, you'll find another one, you know, we don't, we, we have this idea that there's a person way over there that I'm trying to be. And that's so far from where I am now, but that's not at all the case. The person, that person lives within you, or you wouldn't even be able to envision it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just delighted because it's, I love, I love hearing the same truths coming out of different mouths, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's so wonderful. And it just reminds us to, to live, to, to endeavor, to live in a state of trust, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just that it's such a relief, isn't it? That I don't have to be anything. I don't have to do anything. I can just be me. Mm -hmm. I can allow that to be. And, you know, as I come closer and closer to the truth of that, to that Satnam, the true identity, Mm -hmm. more and more, I feel lifted up and I feel the support of the universe. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you know what, while you were talking, it just made me think of Mother Teresa for some reason. And the reason that I was thinking about her is, you know, here's this woman who was very connected to God, very connected to her purpose on earth. Look at the job she had, though. (laughs) Do you think that was a fun thing to do every day is work with the poor and the sick? And, and there's got to have been a tremendous amount of stress. That's probably not a job she would have chosen otherwise. But look at how she brought her true self, her true nature to a very difficult and unpleasant job, right? So we can do this. We can all do this. And it mm-hmm. is a relief, you know, it, that, that grace, and I keep coming back to grace because it, it comprises compassion as well as self-knowledge and our, our knowledge of our interconnectedness with all beings, Right. So we bring that grace to whatever situation we're in, you know? Yeah, Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, and speaking of that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think to, to our eyes, you know, and from our perspective, what, what she did uh, would have been, yes, extremely difficult, sometimes unpleasant, unbearable, heartbreaking and all of that. And I'm sure that 
well, I'm not sure. I don't know, but one one would think that she might have experienced the whole gamut of emotions with regard to her work too. But it was her grace and her enormous, endless compassion that exactly as you say that she brought into that work that uh, blessed everybody that she touched and blessed herself, you know, and that I guess that's what happens when we really open the heart and bring ourselves fully into anything that it is that we're doing, you know, is that it sanctifies that activity and it can actually propel us toward whatever our place is meant to be, um, whatever our highest place is meant to be, you know, as, as we're on our way there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sort of Absolutely. inevitability of that, you know? Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Rachel, you know, I, this is when we first had a conversation and, and I learned that you, you had been an actor and that you, you also were Kundalini Yogi. And we did not know that when we met each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. And I just think that's so amazing the way that yeah. the universe brings people together, but yeah. I wanted to ask you what, what impulse is it within performers or people who are somehow connected with telling stories Mm. um, that, that what is it within us that that lends itself to the helping professions? Cause I, I meet so many people who were in the business in one way or another who have transitioned into uh, service, you know, helping other people. So what is it? Is there something, do you think in the creative or interpretive artist that, tends toward healing and helping others with healing? That's a great question. Um, And of course, I can't speak for all performers or or artists, but I can certainly tell you what it was for me, which was communication. Mm. You know, when, when I, one of the things that I loved the most about being an actor was I got a script that had all my words in it, you know, and there was a whole human being who had a whole character arc who had a whole journey of experience and I'm talking and talking and talking and interacting with other people on the stage or in, in front of the camera. And, and what I'm really doing is painting a picture of a human experience. Mm. And that ideally the people watching the performance are going to go, Oh, I get that. Or I don't get that. I don't like that. I'm glad that's not me, but they're having some kind of communication is what's happening. You know, actors are, are basically here to, to help us um, to represent the human experience. Writers too, we tell stories, you know, that again, reflect the human experience um, or we write poems to reflect the human experience or whatever it is. So, so com- for me, it was communication. I wanted to be able to reach as many pos- many people possible um, with whatever the message was, whatever the message of, you know, the play or the story or whatever. Um, and so why do we do that? To connect, to, to make people feel like they're not alone. And that in and of itself is very healing. Mm. So... That makes a for me it was a perfect leap to say I want to reach out to more people I want to be able to to um, have it be more general more accessible and not necessarily specific to one character or one story I don't know yeah. if that's true for everybody but that's what it was for me 
Well, I can certainly resonate with that. I think that was one of the main things for me too. And I remember being aware at a young age, you know, when I was first starting out um, in, in, in that industry uh, of a long history going all the way back to the Greeks and before of, um, you know, uh, allowing yourself to be a vessel for the catharsis, you know, that was the, remember the word you, you, you learned in, in uh, theater 101, right, in right. D- drama 101 in high school, you know, for the catharsis of mm-hmm. the people. Right. So I think maybe there's that too, you know, it's, it's also, it's communication is one piece of it. And, um, and this desire to actually get out of the way and to allow something greater to flow through you to, um, for, for, for the healing of, uh, yourself and, and others and, uh, and telling stories, you know, through sometimes very deep symbolism that helps us to understand ourselves. And, and yeah, as you say, to help other people, all of us understand that, no, we're not, we're not alone. Yeah. And, and, and as you were speaking that the other, that, that symbol that, um, that comes up, I think, both for actors and for for healers, is being the hollow bone, right? So mm. you're letting you're letting spirit move through you. As an actor, you know they always used to say in the theater, "Leave your day at the door, and come in," because now you're somebody else, and now you're channeling the experience of this character that you're playing. Um, and as a healer, you're letting your leaving your day at the door and letting the healing energy or spirit move through you for the benefit of your, of your client or your patient. So they're, they are very similar in that way. Yeah. 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 So tell me, Rachel, how do you see um, the changes that are happening in the world right now? What's your take on where things are going? Um, (laughs) Well, uh, I just actually had a beautiful conversation, um, a lot of head shaking and hand wringing, but conversation with my, one of my dear friends, um, you know, everything that's going on right now uh, with, with women's health rights and what's going on with war and pandemic and everything. Um, and it's very easy to slip into fear mm-hmm. and very easy to, and that, uh, this is a very tricky line to tread. We are human beings and of course we're going to feel what we feel. It's, it's anxiety provoking, it's fearful. Um, my perspective for my own mental and spiritual health is to say, go ahead, feel that, but make sure you're grounded when you do. Make sure you're grounded in what we already know is true is that Every, we are held on a much bigger level than what's going on down here on earth. And I don't mean to sound woo-woo about it because that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. This is, this is quantum physics. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> My right brain just went, you better explain that. <laughs> <laughs> My left brain and right brain are constant. It's like doubles tennis, you know, except, um, with <laughs> my, yeah. So, um, so I, I, I feel 
the the pain and the anxiety and the fear of what's going on in the world right now deeply i'm i'm an empath and so yeah but what i also know is um in one way or another we have a choice about how we want to handle that knowledge of what's happening and my choice for myself is to say be awake be aware speak up when necessary and you know definitely do that but also understand um this could also be an evolution towards something much better anyone who has gone through childbirth knows there's that final moment before you push the baby out which is called the ring of fire and the ring of fire is when, is when you know you're it's you're stretched to your absolute max at, right before the head comes out and they warn you here it comes is going this is going to be everything you just experienced for the last dozen hours or more is going to all hurt really bad right now but only for a second and that's exactly what happens so for me i often think about we're we're kind of as human humanity going through a ring of fire right now <laughs> Um, and we're going to push through to a better place if we keep ourselves grounded, if we feel what we feel, if we acknowledge what we feel, if we don't distract, but if we know that our, our knowledge that we're going to be okay as human beings, we're going to be okay. We have to just continue building ourselves, building our our. Our, our true nature so that we can give that back. We need that right now. You know, what is humanity made of at this point? What are we doing in our day-to-day -day life to make life better? If, you know, it's fine to spend a day in bed crying about all the crap that's going on in the world right now. Go ahead, do it. But then get up and do your dance, do your purpose on this earth because that's what's going to shift humanity. You know, so um, we, we might be in a, um, I think we're in a, a place of awakening right now. You know, um, it's time to decide what we're going to do. Are we going to go to sleep or are we going to wake up and evolve? And we're being called to do that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the, the wake up, you know, that, uh, <laughs> and I think all of this, the pandemic was a great opportunity for us to go inside literally and figuratively. Um, and it was unpleasant at the same time and very fearful at the same time. Isn't that amazing? How many people, the great, the great resignation happened because of the pandemic. Beautiful. Who knew, you know, um, our, our, our entire workforce has changed. You and I are doing this thing on zoom, which we might not have done, um, <laughs> otherwise. Right. Yeah. So, uh, know, thank you so much for that. Thank you for those insights. And, and I just, I'm so um, glad for people to hear everything that you've just said, because it, it bears repeating over and over again, that, you know, ultimately the only thing that we have any real agency over is the vibration that we offer, you know, and that, yeah, okay. It's, it's all right to, to, and, and in fact, it's necessary to feel what you feel to, to let that come up, you know, but to, 
uh, and, and to be really present to it, you know, but without uh, staying there in that place of fear, without, um, you know, giving all of your attention to it and allowing it to, you know, um, continue to affect your thinking. And then those thoughts affect your feeling and it's right. a vicious cycle, right? You know, but instead to acknowledge what's there as the human part of us that, you know, lives and has to navigate through this, um, this three-dimensional reality. And, um, and then, but the, also, you know, the, the practice that we get um, acknowledging the infinite side of our nature Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, bringing that into our experience more and more by, um, gaining mastery over the vibration that we're, that, that we are offering, that we are feeding into the collective. And as you said, that is really the only way that we can contribute mm -hmm. in a positive way to this shift, you know, because, other than, you know, if we, if, if we allow ourselves to be dragged down by the negative, then we're just, uh, we're contributing to that vibration of fear and right. scarcity and, and all of that. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it is, um, totally human of us to, to feel those feelings, but at the same time, the opportunity for growth is being offered to us at every moment, every time those fears and those contractions come up, speaking of <laughs> that <Yes>. amazing <laughs> metaphor, right? The contraction, the contraction towards fear, but also this baby is crowning now. I mean, mm -hmm. this is, <laughs> you know, but it is then a question of birth, the birth of something totally new. And I am very, very, uh, excited. Isn't even the right word. I, I sometimes, in enraptured by what oh is God. happening, you know, yeah, I right. mean, yeah. just absolutely the, 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 I don't know about you, Rachel, but like the consciousness of beauty and light that is being born on the planet and that I, I experience when I, I look around me. Uh, and I, I guess also I live in a place where, you know, I, I'm very uh, blessed to be able to experience the beauty of nature and boy, do I see everything just unfolding in light and love here. Uh, I think we're going into a beautiful period and, and we have every reason to be very optimistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that's a beautiful um, word to, you know, to the enraptured sense mm -hmm. because and this is a birth and birth is painful but look what you get at the end of it you know and <laughs> and 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 we as human beings are are being you know we've been out of touch with nature we've been out of touch with our mother the earth mm -hmm. we've been really treating her poorly but like most mothers she loves us anyway <laughs> she you know and she's kind of given us another chance um and i'm i'm seeing people taking that chance more I mean, I, I grew up in the 70s and that's, you know, the energy crisis and, and everything like that. And, and I haven't seen so much change actively happening, um, even more so than in the 70s. We just left the lights off, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, my God, how many times my parents would would remind us, turn the lights off. We're in an energy crisis. <laughs> Yes. And, um, you know, and I still do that to my son. He's like, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, but the point is that, that 
things are shifting. And what you said too, that was so important, um, the way that we move through difficult times, the, the resilience with which we do it, the have, having clarity about it, having the feelings that we have, but having that optimism or having that sense that that's okay, you know, we're going through a hard time, but it's going to be better on the other side. That's the energy that we then create in the world. We don't want to get stuck in the fear place because that's the energy we create in the world. And it is very easy. It's very easy to lie down and be afraid and give up. Very easy. That's the whole thing, you know, about throwing your hands up and saying, well, we're screwed as humans and, and that's it. And what happens then? Paranoia, more fear, depression, anger, all these things that you're seeing right now. The, the rash of violence that came out, I, I live outside of New York City, and the rash of violence that came out in my beautiful city after the pandemic uh, uh, waned and people started hitting the streets again was clear to me how much repressed anger, fear, frustration uh, was now coming out at, at our fellow human beings. And it's still yes. happening there's so much going on that that's what happens when you give in to that fear. Nothing matters. Your fellow human being no longer matters. It's just kill or be killed. That's not going to help us evolve. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, you know, um, it makes me think that because of the increase in light, uh, because we're literally being bombarded by plasmic energy and, you know, mass coronal ejections from the mm -hmm. sun by the hundreds some days, you know, mm -hmm. we used to have 40 in a year and now we're having like a thousand in a year. Yeah. It's a huge increase in light, uh, that we're being asked to absorb, you know, in our bodies. And, and one thing that happens, you know, for example, if you've been uh, living in a room, uh, with a pretty dim, dim light, uh, you get used to that and you don't, um, you know, you, you just get used to living that way. But then if you, if somebody comes along and changes your light fixture and makes it a lot more powerful, as soon as that powerful light is turned on, boy, do you see the dirt? Yeah. I mean, it, it was already there. It right. was there. You just couldn't see it. And now mm -hmm. there's very powerful, bright, white, beautiful light is shining on us. And boy, are we seeing the dirt and, and all of the stuff that needs to be cleansed or purified or, you know, transformed. We're seeing it now. And it's not that it wasn't there. It's not that it's getting worse. It's just that we see what we couldn't see before because the light is so much brighter. And that brings me to my next question about Kundalini yoga, because for me, Kundalini yoga, uh, which I, which I teach and practice and uh, train teachers in has been one of those amazing technologies that strengthens the nervous and the glandular systems to give you that resilience and that strength to be able to keep on going when the going gets tough. And, and, uh, I know that you're also a, a practice, a practitioner of that yoga. How has it changed your life? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I tell my teacher it saved my life, you know, um, not that I was thinking of ending it, but it, it, I was in a very dark place. Um, now I've been interested in Kundalini for about, uh, 20 years before I actually 
really started practicing it. I was called to it very early when I was still living in New York mm -hmm. and searched and searched to find a teacher. And I remember one day that I finally found a teacher and I went to the building and I took the elevator up and I got to the door and I heard them talking, the, the teachers talking, and I chickened out <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I turned around. I was like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. And I, I listened to that part and I was very ashamed of myself. So I went and I got like a VHS. Yes, it was a VHS tape. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and I thought, well, I'll just do it at home. It wasn't the same, you know, but, but I was very interested and it took me another 20 years to really find a good teacher to find to be in the right place in my life. So what did it do for me? It got me out of my head. Um, you know, I, I definitely um, am a, a thinker. And, um, and so it, it got me to also tap into my body more, to, to start to see my body as a resource mm -hmm. and to listen to it. Um, and I think we talked about this on, on my show, but so, um, but I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself for those who heard both, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, oftentimes when you're, when you're doing, performing a Kriya, a series of, of exercises or practices, whether it's breathing or movement, the body rebels against it. You have pain or your mind is going, this sucks. I hate this. You know, and you just, right. <laughs> I needed to experience that too, because I began to realize through the teaching, this is sort of like that gunk coming up through us that we need to push through. And it's so, and it, it's almost like its own kind of birth, you know, that painful, like my arms are falling asleep. My back hurts. I hate life right now, but here I am doing the mantra. This mantra stupid, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, if I breathe like this anymore, I'm going to hurt myself, right? I better just stop all of the, and then you just keep doing it anyway, you know, and push through that. My teacher talks a lot about pushing through it and, and sitting in that feeling. This is also uh, such a great skill to have because it teaches you also to push through unpleasant moments in your life outside of your practice um, and to understand that you are stronger than you know, mm. you know, and that, that life force that is there, you know, you're clearing the way for it to be able to move up through you in, in a better way. And so those teachings were immensely helpful for me. It helped me to realize there's really nothing I can't handle. Mm. Uh, you know, my dreams might say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a really funky dream last night where I was like, I don't know, I was a prisoner or something. I was like, I won't make it. If I'm ever tortured, that's it. I'm gone. You know, <laughs> but, but I realized my unconscious was also needing to release that fear, mm. right. Of, of that. I'm small or that I'm weak. These are all lessons. So what the real lesson that I learned from Kundalini is don't take anything too seriously. You are a child of the light. The light already lives within you. Let it go. Let it go. It's like the teachings of Alan Watts as well. Release. release. It's okay. Oh, beautifully put. Beautifully put. I, I get that same thing. You know, the part of us that wants to stop 
because it doesn't, it, you know, it's sometimes not pleasant. I mean, you feel amazing on the other side of it. That's, That's what true. always That's kept true. me going. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. but there is this thing, you know, there's this part of us that wants to stay small. You know, it's the mind that tells you, no, I don't want to do this. And the mind has dominion over the body. So if the mind, you know, says, no, I'm done, then the body stops, you know, whereas if you realize that that part of your mind is just the part of you that is invested in smallness, in pettiness, in uh, disempowerment, you know, it's this sort of heavy tamasic kind of energy that is like, you know, what's the use? Uh, mm -hmm. If you realize that that's just a, um, it's just the mind doing that and, and you can uh, let it go. Right. And instead reach for the light in you and ask for help and support. You always receive it. And it's like a miracle. You know, I've been in Kriyas where I, my arms were up there for, oh. you know, 22 minutes. And I'm thinking, I can't, I can't, go another moment. Mm. And I, and I, and in that moment, I asked for help, like, please just help me keep my arms up, help me get through the next, I don't know how long this is going to last. You know, mm. some of the, in the trainings that I've done with my teacher, you know, very, very intense, uh, trainings. And, and I swear, you know, something comes in a power comes in that's greater than uh, well, it's greater than your negativity. It's greater than your denial of yourself, you know, and then suddenly, you know, what felt like arms of lead that you couldn't hold for another moment is lifted up like wings, you know, what is that? What happens? Well, you could say, well, it's body chemistry and this changes in the brain and that, yeah, yeah, it's all that too, but it's because you asked for it. And because there is in you that, which you're not aware of, which is greatness. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that is the lesson over and over and over that we learn, which is why we call it a practice, right? Because you're not going to do it just one time and go, I got it. <laughs> Thanks, never have to do that again. You know, but the more we do it, the more we recognize um, uh, that we do hold that, that light. And you had said um, that the mind has dominion over the body. Um, you know, when we think about when we've talked about this too, the, the underdeveloped ego, right, that says mm -hmm. you can't do this, this is this is going to that's the part. It's all the wounding. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, who do you think you are when I when I'm my hands are over my head for for minutes and minutes at a time and I start to feel that all of my childhood wounding starts coming to the surface, just yes. like you look stupid. Why are you doing this? You know, it's like, who do you think you are? You're not a, you're not a yogini, you know, cut it out. Then I have to push through that and go, I'm not anything. I'm just doing this thing right now. You know, so shut yes. up. <laughs> thank you. You know, not shut up. You know, but I do say shut up to be honest. I say thank you, but shut up. Um, but, but, you know, there's also the other side of it is that the body can also have dominion over the mind. You know, when we think about um, people who are stress sick, as I call it, you know, people who have stressed themselves into a state of illness and the body then takes over and says to the mind, you know, hey, there's something really, really wrong here. And the mind goes, oh, no, we are sick now. We, you know, we're, we have problems and identify with with what the body is saying when really what the body is doing is letting you know something's wrong. Um, and that can be fixed. So the mind and body really do have to talk to each other um, mm. and get get on the same team. 
rather than one being in charge of the other. Right. Being in an oppositional relationship. And sometimes there's this, there's the, well, I mean, there's body chemistry, right? Emotions are, are just body chemistry. And when we're used to certain emotions and ways of feeling, we produce the same chemistry over and over again, like pharmaceuticals in our own body. And then yeah. we get used to those quote unquote drugs, you know, and when you stop feeling that way, or you start to feel better, there's a part of you that doubts that, you know, it's like, look, I'm not getting my normal, you know, cocktail of, uh, right. hormones being released into the bloodstream and that doesn't feel normal. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is this sort of, um, tendency to fall back into an old chemistry in a way too. Yeah. Oh, it's endlessly fascinating. Well, I have a couple of questions, uh, a couple of questions that I like to ask, uh, my guests now, this is a new thing that I'm doing, but I'm loving the answers that I get. Mm -hmm. Um, so my first question, Rachel, is what wisdom do you wish that you could tell your younger self that you wish you had known back then? Oh, man. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> let me get the list. Um, I, I, think, oh, I think overall, um, you are not your uh, wounds. You're not your wounds. You're not, uh, you don't have to carry your ancestral wounds. Mm. You, know? you don't need to identify with the pain that happened before you. And you don't have to identify with the pain that happened during your life. Mm. You know, you, you can acknowledge it. You can pay homage to it. You can release it with compassion, but you you get to move on any way you want and you are the support that you need to do that. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Uh, and my second question is what advice does your future self have for you now? <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't work so hard. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, take, take, take a breather. Um, and, and let things just unfold, you know, um, it's, it's a, we talked about this earlier, it's a practice. So all the things that I'm saying, I practice myself, you know, I'm, I'm not an enlightened being, I still lose my temper, I still, you know, um, drop the ball sometimes. And so and, and for me, my personal thing is that I'm extremely hard on myself always have been. Again, it's the Virgo, right brain, whatever. Um, and so my, my future self would definitely say, um, chill, just let it be. You're all right. You know, I love asking these questions because there's always something in there that I need to hear. And I know that there's something out there, you know, that, that our listeners, uh, can, can take that's a special message just for them as well. So yeah. thank you for that wisdom. Uh, so Rachel, we're going to, uh, of course, in the show notes have a ways that people can get in touch with you. Um, and, uh, I know you said something about single sessions being available within your practice. Now what's, uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah. So um, it's it's not something you often see with with therapy. When you sign up with a therapist, you're like kind of feel maybe that you're locked into maybe forever you know, sessions with with a therapist. So 
what I like to do is, is uh, what I have started doing is offering single sessions for people who would like to just see what therapy is like, if they're ambivalent about starting therapy. Um, and you can say, you know, I want to try a session. A lot can happen in 45, 50 minutes. So if that's great for you and that's all you want to do, sure, come and we'll talk for 45 minutes. If you want to keep go going, great. You want to come for five more sessions? You want to come until you're 90? Great, you know, but but it's a great way to start and it's much better than not talking to anyone at all. So mm. um, so anyone who's interested in that, please contact me and let me know. I'd like to just try a single session and, and start from there and, mm. and we'll know how to, to work with the time we have. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, that's a great offer. Thanks so much, Rachel. Okay, everybody. So um, I know that uh, from our conversation, uh, there's there are going to be some of you who really resonate with Rachel. And uh, so don't hesitate to reach out to her if, uh, if you're feeling called to do that. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Rachel, for gracing us with your presence here today in the grace space. Oh, thank you, Claire. Satnam. Satnam. You'll find links in the show notes below where you can check out Rachel's podcast, buy her book, and make an appointment to be supported by her if you feel called to do so. Are you intrigued by this episode today and eager to align with your true purpose and discover your higher gifts? If so, consider this your invitation to join a spiritually-minded community of people who support each other's highest vision for whom they want to be and how they want to live. You'll find links in the show notes to learn more about how to become part of my inner circle of members and work with me personally on creating the results you really want in your life here and now. And if you're a performing artist or show business professional and you want to be more successful, make more money, and have more opportunities doing what you love using the skills you already have, I can show you how. It's very common for people in the arts to believe that the decisions that affect their lives and careers are in other people's hands. But the truth is, you are the one and only creator at work here. You can take back the power you've given to others and to the business. Click on the link to set up a free Empower Hour Breakthrough Session with me. And let's talk about what your dream life as an artist would look like and how to make it a living reality. I'll see you next time. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.